Are you aware I wrote a book? (laughs) Of course you are, unless you're a first-time listener. I wrote a book called I'd Rather Talk to Dead People about my experiences at some of the most notoriously haunted locations in the world. Find out why Johnny G's Beat says one of my 2020 favorites or why Christina says wonderfully written and exciting. Katie says it's one of her best reads ever. Corey says it's paranormal investigating with heart. Head on over to Amazon.com or Barnes and Noble and just search I'd Rather Talk to Dead People by me, Kitsy Duncan. We're back for you bingers. <laughs> That's going to be a thing now. I and probably should back. stop it right now. <laughs> I mean, hopefully we're always back. The, when we're not back, I think it's going to be a problem. Someone should send the Coast Guard. Please do. Yeah. If, if like, that's how you guys know we've been kidnapped is if, you know, no episode just goes up with no nothing on the socials or anything like that. So send in the search parties. Go find Sasquatch. He'll know where to find us, and we're probably with him. Yep. You, <laughs> web sleuths, we need you. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, so Nick and I are recording on a lovely Sunday morning. How mm-hmm. are you, Nicolas? Oh, I mean, it's Sunday, so it's like the day where there's not... I feel like if you don't go to church on Sundays, there's really not a whole lot. Like, Sunday is the true day of rest, I feel yes. like. Yes. I feel like if there is a God, that's what he would want anyway. Yeah. That was so. always my family thing. It was like, went to church for a while when I was a kid. I mean, we were, I grew up in like the Bible Belt. And my parents could very clearly tell that their 10-year-old and 12-year-old children were just not into it. So they were like, okay, here's the thing. We're going to have every Sunday is family day. That's all we ask. Like, we spend the love it. time together as a family. And that's that. And it's like, well cool like i mean clearly like i don't know a lot of kids who are just super in i mean maybe i guess now with all the tv screens and you know ways to tie religion into like movies and stuff but now like when i was when i went to church as a kid it was just like very old school singing sunday uh, yeah. school yeah, like, yeah. i don't want to be here i'm a kid like let me let me play. Let I know. Me... And then they start the catechism shit when you're a teenager when there's nothing you would rather not do. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> enough about religion. This is Oddity Files, the podcast. I'm Kitsy Duncan. <laughs> and I'm Nick Floyd. It's October. Halloween, religion, it all's tied together, right? One way or another. Is it though? <laughs> <laughs> oh know. my goodness. So I am coming off hot off of the uh, our very second live recording uh, in studio audience thingamabobber thing with Paranormal Crossroad last night and it was fucking amazing. The crowd looked great. The turnout was amazing. The pictures were great. What a I mean, cool it was, venue too. Oh my god. It was so great. So Craig, the president of the Athenaeum Foundation, really gave us the hookup. He loves what we do. He is so supportive, and I just appreciate the shit out of him. So 
It was really cool. We did everything up on the stage. So, um, and it, so at one point, producer Katie, she's like, um, so are, are we going for that Jerry Springer vibe still? I'm like, well, actually, I was thinking more like, you know, Jenny Jones or Donahue. But with this backdrop, it's legit Jerry Springer. <laughs> <laughs> like couches and all and everything. It was great. It was great. So, so grateful for everybody that showed out. VIP sold out. We only had like a couple tickets left in the end. So my mind is completely blown. Met people I've never met before in my life, nor had KJ or Tiffany. So that was very, very exciting for us all. That's so cool. It looked, I mean, were most people like, what was the, I mean, demographic is, is not the right word, but did people, where did everyone kind of come from? Was it mostly local folks who watched the show or did you have some people who crossed state lines to come to the um, Friend of the show, Valerie Sneed was there. She came up from Louisville. Um, awesome. And honestly, I met a guy in the hallway who didn't have tickets. He was just talking to, I think it was Heather who was checking people in. And uh, Katie, producer Katie, comes up to me. She's like, you've got a fan over here. I'm like, okay. You know, I, first of all, fan, really. <laughs> We're all friends, people. We're all friends. But um, he was in from Texas for the the German restaurant next door because it was like a family birthday thing. And I guess he had been following Oddity Files and now Paranormal Crossroad and couldn't wait to meet all of us. So he had to get back to his party. Yeah, but we did selfies. His daughter took pictures with uh, he and his wife and I and KJ as well. And it was it was really cool. Again, he's like, I love your show. I'm like, really? It's so funny. That's like my response. It's like it's in this day and age where like we're constantly served Instagram ads and Facebook ads and email newsletters and and all this stuff it's funny that there's still this like party of people and i found myself and i'm sure you found yourself in these camps these parties as well where like even things that you're interested in like podcasts or music or i mean even movies too Sometimes we just don't get the memo that these things that we would love to be at or love to attend are even happening until after they've right. happened. Absolutely. So Absolutely. That was seems like a scenario where he just happened to be in town for one thing and then turns out that you guys were right next door. No, literally, he saw the sign on the door that said Paranormal Crossroad Live, come in this door and head upstairs. So it was really neat. So amazing people. Um I, I'm just so freaking grateful i'm not gonna go on and on about it but if you follow me on all the socials i'm about to do a, a massive photo dump uh so i'm really excited about all the things we did have a spirit come through at the athenaeum that we hadn't met before i'm not going to get into huge details but it was a stage hand we were on his stage and he wasn't happy so this is going to be this oh. <laughs> evening has is going to turn into our season ender, which we didn't know what we were going to do with for the actual show. So wow. um, I, I'm going to try to go back this week and make friends with him because we have plans to do this four more times next year uh, at the same place. <laughs> so I, I he, he needs to be my friend. <laughs> well, I and I have a question that maybe I mean. Maybe some listeners do as well. I don't know. Maybe it's just my ignorance because I do have a lot of that. In, <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to call it what it is. In 
the world of of paranormal investigation and communication is there sort of a lot of hoops that you have to jump through in trying to communicate or get a spirit to communicate with you in a location where there are multiple that was the problem we were having last night um and in in this said spirit's defense KJ and I were a little overwhelmed. We didn't start off with the, we're not here to hurt you, harm you, take you away. We're only here to find out your story. Um, We just went into it. So our goal was to bring the audience members, family members through on the box. Oh, sorry. My timer's going off. (laughs) And and it did happen, but it it didn't happen like we felt it should. Uh And we, we opened up with some really weird activity with the odd box that's never happened before. Like the lights on the front were flashing when they've never done that before. When they were set to be steady, I can set it to flash or I can set it to be steady. I always set it to be steady. Um, And it would only flash when this voice would come through. Oh, wow. And it was full sentences. I mean, I, the, the first thing I understood that he had said was, you shouldn't be doing this in public. Oh, so I panicked. I'm like, oh shit! The spirit world is pissed in front of everybody, in front of the public. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but and and he, and he said some some things like, "It's time to go. Um, you shouldn't be here." Things like that. And at the time, I just thought the spirit world was pissed. But fortunately, friend of the show, uh, her name is. Andrea, which I don't think anybody's met yet, but she has some abilities and she's really good at understanding the spirits at a location. And sometimes they'll reach out to her before she even gets there. So um, she came to me and said, there's a stagehand here that's not happy. You're on his stage with all these people on a Saturday night. There should be a performance going on. Apparently, he didn't view us as performers. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, literally, my goal this week is to go back and apologize to him that I didn't let him know what was going on and what we were actually doing there. So that's so and, so interesting. And KJ and I, that's our thing is is we take the spirits into consideration, you know, right. and last night there was so much going on. We didn't go there. So now we have all this guilt. <laughs> so now you have to go back and repair when I imagine too, like, in a public setting, which is why I think in the past, like in the past, when <clears throat> when people go in groups to places that are that are haunted or where uh, spirits have been known to to wander and roam, I think it's all an energy situation. And I mm-hmm. think when there are groups of people and everyone's putting off this energy, it makes it more difficult for like the spirits to come through, but this one was clearly very loud and had a lot of energy and was just blowing through anything else that you were probably trying yes. to make contact with. And Absolutely. And I was in complete panic mode. I'm like, this is not how this is supposed to go. I mean, we did have a, a, a woman's brother come through. So apparently he was a little stronger than this man whose name I still need to find out. Mr. Stagehand is what I'm calling him right now. And another lady, um, her the spirit she had growing up that her parents called her imaginary friend came through 
to say hello to her, which wow. was really cool. That's amazing. Well, that's and I think that too is like it's all energy and and you know if someone puts off enough energy they can pull something into the room even if the spirit isn't existing in this sort of plane that you are in mm-hmm. which is the, you know the athenaeum so yeah oh and and sarah's nephew came through a three-year-old uh that passed and he made it very clear that it was him as well he came through right after we were told not to do this in public and for a good hot minute and then mr stagehand came back in through so um it's super exciting and and it will work i just forgot to do what i do and it was overwhelming not overwhelming for me but there's just a lot on my plate yesterday (sighs) if you will and um i'll I'll, we'll get there we will totally get there um i did tell you guys last week we've got a huge announcement so kj and i are going to start bringing this into people's homes and other than to film, so think Tupperware party meets seance. So you get a bunch of your friends together, a bottle of wine, maybe a charcuterie charcuterie plate thing. Is it char- charcuterie? Yeah. Sure, I can never pronounce that word. <laughs> and um, we're going to bring all our stuff and all our things in and bring people's uh, loved ones to them in, in a fun little party setting. So you can check all that out. It's called Spirit Sessions. I wanted to call it Seance Sessions, but apparently some people frown on the word seance, unlike mm. myself, and gives it too much of a witchy vibe. So, um, <laughs> witches Fair. be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so head to paranormalcrossroad.com and check out the Spirit Sessions. Right now, it's it's here in Indiana. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I can't afford to travel for it, but we're hoping to expand. Um, if this takes off, but if you are in the Indiana area or the surrounding areas, which like Indiana has the lowest amount of listeners of this show, you guys, Hoosiers, what the fuck? <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, we're super excited about it. We're going to, you know, teach people how to do things in their home as well with dowsing rods and pendulums and we'll bring some sage and maybe my crystal ball. So we're super excited about it. That's amazing. I feel like it just everything just keeps growing and growing and growing and new things. Nothing is ever the same for more than I feel like two months with you and you're adding and altering and writing books and, and everything else. It's all organic is what is so magical about this. Yeah. Like it was literally meant to be. Yeah, it's all evolving. I feel like everything is in a constant state of evolution, which is really cool to follow and I'm sure for the listeners who have been list- who have been involved in this podcast and the Facebook page and all of that for so long they're seeing the evolution in a big way from where it started to where it is now and where it's going so it's very very cool it is I'm super excited about it and I had a thought and oh I you, what I used to say when I was younger was when I grow up I want to be Madonna but she is the queen of reinvention so I am fucking Madonna. <laughs> you, you have done it. You have transcended and fulfilled your dream, your childhood dream. Speaking of female rock stars, Nick sent me a text yesterday. Go ahead and tell him what the, the big news with the Discovery Plus channel is there. Oh, that, that Kesha is uh, getting her own paranormal investigation show? I wonder if she'll wake up in the morning feeling like P. Diddy. 
she's reinvented herself since then. So who knows? Maybe and she she'll... slept with a ghost. Is is that the first time I've heard that? I tried to find the full story from the article, and I couldn't find the full story. But I guess in passing in an interview, she had said that she had intercourse with a spirit. I want to know all the details. Hopefully, of in the that. show that she'll that she'll hit it. I don't imagine she'll like clean kind of go super clean for the show. I mean, Discovery Plus has it's not Disney Plus where like right. Sh- shows can sort of teeter towards more like TV14 than TVG or whatever. So yeah. I'm hoping that she brings the edginess of her personality into the show cuz that's what'll make it worth watching. Yeah, absolutely. Um I will watch it, not gonna lie. I've loved Kesha. I really have. She's kind of that badass chick that everybody wants to be when they grow up. But I, and then she found like her spiritual side. So I feel like this is you know her organic way of getting to where she needs to be as well. So I'm not gonna lie. I'd love to have drinks with Ms. Kesha with a dollar sign. That would be that would be great. Yeah, I, everything with all her new music and the spiritual awakening and all this stuff. I feel like I feel like she she has a lot of. It's not one of those things where it feels like a cash grab. It truly feels like this is something she's that they didn't come to her for that she and her team probably came to them for and said, I have this idea for a show. I really want to do it. Will you support me? And they were like, I mean, yeah, you're Kesha. Absolutely. Please come to our network. Yes. I love it. I love it so much. So, Nick, what's going on with you? Uh, Nothing. I mean, I feel like the only thing I need to tee up before my story is without spoiling anything is this is we were kind of ahead of the game for a minute so i talked about on the last podcast that halloween kills is coming out this weekend it came out um a lot of people didn't enjoy it i didn't enjoy the last one um the original is one of my favorite horror movies of all time um i mean jamie lee yeah it's amazing and I love everyone involved in these new ones. I love that she's back. I love the the whole uh, through-line story of the, the multi-generation of women who are going against him. Um, didn't love the last one. Everyone was hating on this one. And I really enjoyed it. It's Did you? silly. It's over-the-top, gory. It's it very much be. a middle movie. Like, it is a... It's the middle of a three-part story. It was fine, and I was never bored, and I was entertained, and there were some oh, really cool flashback sequences to the to the uh, 70s, which was great. It's great. I love it. I adore, uh, well, I adore Jamie Lee Curtis. I've, I've told my husband on several occasions the only person I'd ever leave him for would be Jamie Lee Curtis. I love her so much. Um, but James Jude Courtney plays the main Michael Myers in this one and he is talk about excellent energy and swoon worthy energy he is amazing i've gotten to work with him several times over the last few months prior to this movie dropping so he plays the shape aka michael in this film but i guess all of them come back oh yeah i mean there's there are characters from the original that kind of reappear in this one. It's very much like an anthology where it's like one night in the town and they're and you know Michael is obviously from the last movie he's just super pissed off and he is stronger than ever and out for blood and it's just little these little slivers of 
um, the town, the stories that you're getting, these characters. It's Jamie Lee's barely in it. Um, but it's just fun to like meet these characters from the original movie again, but then meet new characters, even though most of them just get obliterated in yeah. creative and gross ways. But it was fun. Like I'm glad that horror is becoming... I think the world that we live in has been and and is continuing to prove that it's kind of a bleak world that we're currently living in and have been living in for a few years now. And horror could go to dark, bleak, messed up places because things were okay for a short time there. But horror was always fun. Like, horror was thrilling and it was fun and you would jump but also laugh and have a good time and i feel like we haven't had that in a long time and we're campy horror yes and we're getting it again and it makes me so happy because that's why i always loved horror and what i've loved about horror so after like malignant and now halloween kills i'm laughing but you know my heart is going because the tension is there and yeah the adrenaline is there and it's just I miss fun horror so much. So, And it, it takes the right director, I feel, to pull that off. Yeah. I mean, Sam Raimi was the originator, not going to lie. Talk about campy horror. The first um, Evil Dead movie was amazing. I mean, yep. you had Bruce Campbell to it, and of course, it's going to be campy as shit. But um, yeah, so I'm glad it's back, too. Yeah, super fun. And again, if you haven't seen it yet, by the time this podcast comes out next week, it's on Peacock. You can stream it. Uh, there's no 30-day trial, but Peacock's $4.99 a month, and you get it. It's cheaper than renting a movie. So, Or just go to the movie theaters and see it. It's yeah. If you like the last one, you'll like this one, too. There's, uh, people are hating on it for no real reason. Because they're fucking haters. That's why. Yeah. Hmm. It's it, Yeah. It's I don't know. It's People have said that it doesn't really move the story forward, but one thing that even the trailer shows, it's like strength in numbers. It's the town versus... Michael Myers and watching as many horror movies as I have growing up to now, I've never seen a movie and listeners like correct me if I'm wrong or missing something, but I've never seen a movie where an entire town is like, let's band together and let's take down this one evil thing. I mean, maybe nightmare on Elm street. They, the teens got together, but it was like five of them. Yeah. It wasn't Not the 30 whole damn of them. town. Exactly. Yeah. So that's amazing. Yeah. Super, super cool. Oh, awesome. Well, I, I do not have Peacock and I have um, sworn off of adding any others until I'm sick of one of the ones I'm cur- I currently subscribed to. <laughs> so, yep. I mean, I, I had to put a sunset on it, I had to put my foot down and be like, okay, motherfuckers, only so many streamers at once. Oh, yeah. I do have a, a paranormal in the news. That has to do with another Florida man, because I, I kind of get a kick out of making fun of Florida men now that you're back in Florida, Nick. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, <laughs> this comes, this isn't a diss on Florida men at all, like last week was. <laughs> this comes to us from the New York Post, and the headline is, Security Camera in Florida Captures Mysterious Flying Orbs of Light. So I'll... Uh, s- s- uh, the, the, the screen grabs some of these photos and 
put them in our Instagram, which you can find at flow.page slash oddity files. And Nick, I just texted you the link to this story so you can cool. see the photos as well. A Florida resident's home security camera captured video of strange orbs zigzagging across the night sky, oh. adding to the growing right growing mystery surrounding UFOs. William Fuentes of Palm Coast Palm Coast told Orlando's Fox 35, I've watched it maybe 100 times now, taken screenshots and blown it up. Is it drones or is it birds or bats? You know, everything goes through your mind. But in the end, I couldn't really explain it, he added. The footage shows two objects appear to fly in tandem with a palm tree in the foreground. They seemingly draw closer to each other in a swooping motion before accelerating off into the distance. Um, Kasaba Paleoti? I'm sorry, whatever your name is, that was really bad. Associate Professor and Program Chairman of Aerospace Physics and Space and Science at Florida Tech called the recent spate of sightings a fascinating phenomena. And you know, when you can bring some kind of educational person in and they call it fascinating, there's some validity right there. He went on to say, if you think about it, that there's a possibility that these events are happening because of aliens. Everybody's hoping that these are aliens and not just some better phenomenon. So I could go into more, but uh, Nick, go ahead and describe these screen grabs because it, it, it looks like two like standard orbs. It's not like spacecraft size. It, they're just like maybe a couple inches around is what I'm, I'm gathering, that, but it's the trail they leave. It's the trail that's interesting here. I mean, this is coming from a ring doorbell camera as well. This is, mm -hmm. I don't know which version of the ring, if it's new, if it's, I don't have those details. But yeah, it's it's two orbs that are kind of sinking up and then zipping away. But in relation to the palm tree, they seem very small, like the size of a football, maybe. Yeah. Um, which is interesting, but the piece, as you were t reading the story, I was just re-watching the seven-second clip over and over again. And what's interesting is as they pass through behind this palm tree, the top orb disappears for a second and basically jumps down a little bit. And so what my immediate thought was is that this was a drone. Um, and it was light reflection off of the ring camera um, okay. because the ring cameras at night are almost a infrared, which is why yes. you get that black and white. So with the infrared filter on uh, and with any sort of spec with uh, moisture, with anything on that small little camera, which is so easy because the ring camera is just teeny tiny. Teeny tiny. This could be... The way that it looks like it's flying, it looks like it is uh, a, a drone pattern. Okay. I and didn't watch the video. I just kind of looked at the stills. But this – so the what it leaves behind is what has me puzzled. It almost looks like smoke rings. But if it is a drone, you've got the propellers running. And if there's enough moisture in the air, it yes. might cause something like that. It could but have been. They're I don't almost know. transparent, though. That's what makes me think that it's not a drone. I don't know what kind of day. I mean, it's Florida. 
we have humidity. Oh so God. much humidity. The weather's changing right now. I don't know exactly when this video is taken, but I don't know what kind of property they're living on as well. If they're living on a kind of swampland or yeah. on water, there could be um, some fog depending on when this. So it could be cutting through the fog as well. It's just the size is so small. I mean, if we're talking about UFOs, it's so, I mean, it's they look teeny tiny. Yes, yes. I think the, they were leaning towards that they are actual aliens flying through the air. I don't know. Orbs, I. it's a crapshoot. It really is. One second, I think, ooh, that might be something. I'm like, no, absolutely not. So yeah. we'll, we'll post some of these screen grabs on the Instagram. It's at oddityfiles, one word over there. And you guys... Tweet at a bitch and tweet at a dude and let us know what you think. Very curious, um, yeah. Yeah, me too. So, yeah, see, I told you it wasn't cutting down a Florida man this time. So, no. But still, it was fun. <laughs> Super. It, it's Florida's always so diff, you know, difficult because we have, I mean, this was like Montana. I'd be like, all right, I think you got something here. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's Florida and we have gigantic mosquitoes. Uh, oh yeah. The weather is weird. The humidity is weird. I've seen so many different light illusions, especially like, you know, years and years ago, like shooting weddings and making music videos at, you know, two o'clock in the morning in the middle of the woods. Like I've seen so many things on my cameras, on my phone cameras. It's just such a weird climate and environment for something like this. But yeah, if it was like dry north you know northwest yeah all right we can talk but yeah if it was a desert it'd be a whole different story oh we'd yeah that i'd be like aliens <laughs> yeah literally <laughs> little mini baby aliens flying through the air 100 percent. just because it's been so recently that we've podcasted together i know you go first sir <laughs> well you know what don't discredit yourself <laughs> You knew, and that's all that matters. Yeah, well. So this is a lengthy story, um, so I'm going to try to get through it pretty quickly. I, I texted Kitsy before the podcast and said that, you know, usually I add dramatic pauses in my stories uh, for room for banter and just dramatic effect because they're sh they're so short usually. <laughs> so what uh, he's saying is, Kitsy, shut the fuck up while I tell my story. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna fly through. This was really okay. interesting, and the reason why I talked about Halloween Kills is because of this story. Um, I didn't know about it. I had no idea whether it's fact or fiction. No one seems to really know, but there's a lot of details to this story. Um, so yeah, here I'm just gonna I'm just gonna start. And that story goes <laughs> a little something. Like this, I feel wrong when I when I say it. So I feel oh like no, you need to no, say no, 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 not me. at all. People no. are writing it into their listener stories. <laughs> it's it's a free for all, guys. <laughs> they know you. They know you'll say it though, which is why yeah. they do it. So I like that you just said it for me. Sweet. All right. So this is the story of uh, Stanley Steers, and this is the history of that story. Uh, Stanley was born in 1912 in Iowa. And there's a lot of details, so I'm I'm not going to read super fast. Just try to keep up. <laughs> there's a lot of twists and turns. Uh, at the time, his parents were elated to have a happy and healthy little boy. 
unbeknownst to them. However, there was a mischievous nurse working at the hospital nursery when he was born. <clears throat> After Stanley was born, she took him and swapped him with another baby just for fun. <laughs> for whatever reason. Both families happily took their babies home, not realizing the mistake, because how would you? Uh, but there was more bad to come. The other family was involved in a terrible auto accident on their way home from the hospital. Both they and the steer's real baby were killed. Crazy, crazy. Not long after, the steers discovered that their baby was not their own. The nurse in the hospital was sent to prison, but that did little to help the family deal with the situation they found themselves in. They grew resentful of Stanley and began to drink heavily. They spent the majority of their time drunk. Okay, real quick. Kids do that, though. Make you want to drink. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, that's just <laughs> raising a child, right? Like, <laughs> Literally. <laughs> uh, they spent the majority of their time drunk and shouting at the young boy, locking him in his room and trying to make him miserable as punishment for not being theirs, which is a really fucked up thing to do. Then they had another baby, this time a little girl. They named her Susie. And she became their whole world. She was their princess, and they gave her everything she could ever want, while still st treating Stanley like he was the bane of their existence. Susie picked up on it, and she too began to treat Stanley very poorly, often it's hitting... literally Harry Potter. It's the... Listen, I think a lot of things were inspired by this story. Harry Potter being <laughs> the less murdery version. Uh, <laughs> she often hit him and kick him and was always yelling at him. In school, Stanley was often bullied for how he looked or how he behaved. His sister did nothing to help, often joining in when the other kids would tease or mock him. He had no friends and got very poor grades. In 1923, when Stanley was 11 years old, all he wanted to do was go trick-or-treating like all the other kids. He had never been allowed to go, but his parents said no, yet allowed Susie to go to a Halloween party the night before Halloween. This child! You let a 10-year-old girl go to a Halloween party? No, I feel so bad for this little boy. I feel bad for him too, but I don't know if Just it justifies wait. his behavior. Twists and <laughs> turns? Okay, bring it. Little did they know... Letting little Susie go to that Halloween party in 1923 would be the final straw. Just, hour, just hours after Susie returned home, Stanley snapped. He took a butcher knife from the kitchen and stabbed her multiple times until he knew she was dead. Oh he then God. turned on his parents, killing them in, her be in their beds. Finally, he turned to the family dog, killing him as Not well. the dog! Damn That's, it, Stanley! You took it too far, Stanley. When Halloween came, he went trick-or-treating for the first time ever. <laughs> Such a fucked up, like, fairy tale story. Literally. Of course, his bullies were still out there. And Stanley attacked and killed as many as he could without being seen. At one point, he even invaded the home of one of his bullies, killing him and his entire family before returning to the street to collect more candy. He was having the time of his life and stayed out until morning at 11 years old, sitting on a swing at the school, play the school playground, gleefully eating his candy. That's when the feds swooped in, and he was taken to a private psychiatric institution where he was studied for the next 13 years. All records of Stanley were suppressed, including his Halloween killing spree. 
to the rest of the world, it was as though he never existed. The fuck? They scrubbed it all because they didn't, in the 20s, they didn't want an 11-year-old this killing spree to set the world ablaze. The government wanted to know what would make a boy snap like he did and what gave him the strength and ability to kill so many people. They opened the study up by first looking for signs of the paranormal. They found nothing. I don't know how they would find something, even if they tried, because we've talked about this in many stories. Not even the slightest sign of demonic possession. But they didn't stop there. They knew he was a danger, and they continued working on and with him. But then, on Halloween, 1936, a couple of orderlies started to harass Stanley. He was now 24 years old and had grown quite a bit over the past 13 years, standing at 6'4 and 260 pounds. This is literally Rob Zombie's Halloween minus the stripper mom. Okay, go ahead. It is. It's it's like eerily. And this story has lived on the internet for, I mean, years long before. Where I pulled this story from was 2006, I believe, is where this story was from. And it's been, I mean, even before that as well. Um, Stanley snapped their necks as easily as if he were snapping a pretzel in half. He walked right out the front doors of the institution where he was met with resistance. The feds had been alerted and were standing armed in the parking lot. Stanley didn't stop, though. He walked straight out. And while he was shot multiple times, he managed to take out everyone who would try to stop him. No fucking way! (laughs) Some Some say Stanley possessed superhuman strength and that he was able to lift and throw a car killing all the federal agents in the parking lot that night. Others say he was just that terrifying that he felt no pain and the agents backed down or were killed when Stanley got his hands on them. With there being no legitimate or legal record of Stanley Steers, we can never know for sure if he really existed. However, we do know that John Carpenter, the director of Halloween, has stated that when he was in college, he went on a class trip to a mental institution in Kentucky. There, he visited the most serious mentally ill patients. I'm covered in goosebumps right now. (laughs) Among these was a young boy aged 12 to 13. He said the boy gave a, quote, schizophrenic stare, a real evil stare, which he found, quote, unsettling, creepy, and completely insane. And that this young boy was the inspiration for the killer that we all know as Michael Myers. I am fucking covered in goosebumps right now. Well done. Boo. Mathematically, the timelines don't make sense. But. But. You know. Exactly. Let's let's not overthink this. Let's not overthink this at all. That was beautiful. Apparently... And it wasn't in this specific story, but I had read a longer version that this was one of the first cases um, publicly, even though the records were scrubbed, that publicly the government, the federal government, it's one of the first cases they looked into signs of paranormal because they didn't literally the X-Files before the X-Files. Yes. They didn't think they're like, this is not human. This is not what a human being, a child would do. So there has to be something else at play. And Mm -hmm. so they actually investigated um, for quite some time while he was institutionalized 
into signs of paranormal. It's one of the first cases. I love the fact that they went to, oh, God, he's got to be possessed. <laughs> it's got to be the devil. Oh, shit. That was so good. Yeah. I never, again, I never knew. And that's why before before we podcasted, I texted you the name to make sure it didn't ring a bell. Oh, my God. Poor Stan. <laughs> Literally, it, it, it's, it's like all the Halloween movies wrapped into this little story, um, specifically Rob Zombie's, because... Rob Zombies was able to give me empathy for Michael Myers because he was, he did have a fucked up childhood. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, wow. Yeah, Very I, cool. I, I highly encourage, and this is not disrespecting storytellers, uh, uh, creatives, filmmakers, writers, authors, whoever. Every story is based on some form or another of fiction. Or of nonfiction, I'm sorry. Yeah. So every piece of fiction is based, even in the slightest. So that's why when I when I finished watching Halloween Kills, I, I googled. I was like, there's got to be. John Carpenter got it from somewhere. There had to have been some inspiration. And so apparent, excuse me, apparently uh, he based it on s- the story of Stanley Steers and Ed Kemper, who Ed Kemper is... Oh, can, Ed Kemper. Yeah, in, my, in the show Mindhunter on Netflix, there's... You can see him in that. It's my favorite. So. That actor who plays Ed Kemper. Oh, my God. Highly recommend Mindhunter on Netflix. I, I heard they're not renewing it, and I'm a little shitty. So Netflix may be the first streaming I drop. The first one to go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. So definitely, like, do you, you know, if there's a horror movie you love, do research. Figure out who, what combination of stories, true or even like urban legends were rolled into. Oh, as I punch my microphone. Uh, are, what did that microphone into. do to you? <laughs> Listen, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, just look into it and you'll find stories that you might not have even known existed like this story that blew my mind when I read it. So so amazing. I love how your mind works. Let's throw this over to commercials. I've got a quicker story uh, that I think you're going to love, Nick, and we'll be back. One thing the pandemic has taught us is comfy is key. Am I right? You need to check out Fabletics with styles for both men and women. Whether you're working out while listening to Oddity Files or, you know, just hanging out on the couch watching something creepy on TV. And now with this exclusive Oddity Files promo URL, which is tinyurl.com slash fabletics.vip, you can save 70% off of everything or get $12 bottoms when you buy two. Head to tinyurl.com slash fabletics.vip. New VIP members exclusive, 70% off statewide offer valid in select Fabletics products on the first order you place as a new VIP member and is subject to availability at fabletics.com. Offer cannot be applied to previous purchases or the purchase of gift cards and cannot be redeemed for cash. Offer cannot be combined with any other offer, promotion, or discount. Discount is automatically applied at checkout no promo code necessary. Just head to tinyurl.com slash fabletics VIP. Tell them Oddity Files sent you. Again, that's tinyurl.com slash fabletics VIP. Extra, extra, read all about it. Okay, so that was lame, but 
we have a new merch store, my friends. Head on over to tpublic.com stores slash oddity dash files. Guys, we've got everything there. We're still adding more. The prices are much more cost effective there and the store is so easy to navigate. What are you waiting for? Head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files. Get your merch on. Like the idea of an escape room, but don't want to leave the house? <laughs> I feel ya. Have you heard of Hunt-A-Killer? It's this really neat concept and it's delivered straight to your home. And you know what? They need homebody detectives just like you. After her sister Beth's death is declared an accident, Gwen needs you to help prove she was murdered. Sort through evidence, piece together clues, and catch the killer in this gripping murder mystery game. It's like an escape room delivered to your door every month. Find out why Bustle says a massive intricate murder mystery. Does this not literally sound like a dream come true for any true crime fan? Or the Washington Post says it's not for the faint of heart. Is this calling your name? Does this sound like your jam? Head to tinyurl.com slash promo to get your murder mystery sent to your door today. That's tinyurl.com slash promo. Need more scares in your life? Well, duh, we've got you. Just head over to tinyurl.com slash get shutter and you'll automatically get seven days free of this all horror all the time streaming network from their endless selection of the best in horror the original programming and exclusive content to their flexible membership plans shutter is exactly what you need plans start at under five bucks a month and yes you can cancel at any time i mean what are you waiting for tinyurl.com slash get shutter tinyurl.com slash get shutter g-e-t-s-h-u-d-d-e-r let's get scared is it time to spruce up the place are those cobwebs not really decorations do you just need a change well i've got the deal for you. Dot and Bow has so much to offer. Everything from just sprucing up the bathroom with new towels to light fixtures, living room furniture, bedroom furniture, even office furniture. They have everything from the top trends today, or maybe you're just looking for that haunted mansion type vibe. And I mean, same. Dot and Bow has everything you need. So head on over to tinyurl.com slash dot and bow promo. How about the podcast? Spruce up the place. I mean, we don't want Aunt Susan walking in again this holiday season saying, oh, nothing's changed, do we? Do it now. tinyurl.com slash dot and bow promo. Okay, so... <laughs> I live in my own little world in my head. I apologize. Okay, so I am going to tell the story of 
the Ohio grass man. Have you heard of this? I have not, but it sounds very like squatchy and I'm all for oh, it. It's so freaking squatchy. And it's it's got a, a fairly recent tie to it as well. I didn't realize that the big man was so prevalent in the state of Ohio. Um, I when I think Ohio, I go straight to the Loveland Frogman, which if you had not seen has has hit the news stories again. I don't think there was a new sighting. I think just because it's spooky season, they went back to the story where the kid was playing Pokemon Go. It was actually my very first story I did on this podcast, and he happened to capture the Ohio- the Loveland Frogman. So, um, let's let's just get into Mr. Grassman over here. Not that kind of grass, people. Not that kind of grass. <laughs> <laughs> Today I'm feeling a little squatchy, if you will, and longtime listener Mark Galloway had recently reached out and asked if we'd ever done a story on the Ohio Grassman. And as far as I can recall, he's never been highlighted on an episode of Oddity Files. So I'm about to tell you the story of the Ohio Grassman, and that story goes a little something like this. The Grassman gets his name from the small hut-like living structures or nests it builds out of tall grass, which I didn't know that either. I think Sasquatch. I immediately think caves. Don't you? Yeah, I do. And I'm also, it completely shifted my idea of what this thing looks like. Because I just imagine it as like a ghillie a Sasquatch. suit. Yeah, like a ghillie suited Sasquatch. But the fact that you just did that now, I'm like, oh, what does he look like? Mm-hmm. Is, like I have so many questions. Um, but, okay, so the living structures, blah, 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 blah. But on this show, we just call the species that these people saw Bigfoot or Sasquatch. So Damn just right. like you've got, you know, skunk ape in Florida. We've got Grassman in Ohio. There's so many names for our beloved boy with the big feet (laughs) and or girl or girl um recently and by recently i mean at in early 2020 a video went viral that some hikers took out in the woods at salt fork state park in eastern ohio the park encompasses a stunning landscape featuring forested hills open meadows and misty valleys decorated with winding streams Took that right off of the state park website. Um, (laughs) With thousands of acres of land and water, the park has something for every outdoor enthusiast. But on January 12th, 2020, two Ohio men were walking through Salt Fork State Park and came across a figure that they say resembled Bigfoot or Sasquatch. The two men described the figure with many of the same characteristics not charcuterie, characteristics (laughs) that are used to describe Bigfoot. Hairy, upright, walking, ape-like creature that dwells in the wilderness and leaves footprints. I mean, that's Sasquatch. The most documented sighting of the grassy one occurred in a small village of Minerva. So now I'm going to get into some just Ohio Sasquatch sighting stories just for shits and giggles. Because there were like no quotes from these hunters, just a video, um, which I'll see if I can screen grab and put on the Instagram. But I'm not making any promises because my brain doesn't function like it used to. (laughs) 
Alzheimer's years old. So it, it, it occurred in a small village of Minerva, Ohio, in August of 1978, when the grandchildren of Minerva residents Evelyn and Howe Clayton, along with their friends, ran inside screaming about a hairy monster that they saw in the gravel pit outside. When the couple went out to investigate, they saw that the crying children, they saw what the crying children had described. It was covered in dark, matted hair, sitting in the pit and fiddling with discarded trash. It was estimated to be around 300 pounds. Okay, that's the squatchiest of the squatchy. Apparently, that one's very well fed. <laughs> um, the Claytons fled, but this would not be their last encounter with Ohio's ape man or grass man the claytons would see the grass man many times after their initial encounter one night it was seen peering at them through their kitchen window like true harry and the hendersons moment Classic. right there yeah, yeah. <laughs> um how ran for his gun but the primate was gone before he returned the area was later investigated by police and although there was no sign of a hairy humanoid, several faint footprints were observed in the mud, and a terrible smell still lingered in the air. The Ohio grass man was later seen by the Claytons atop a hill near the strip mine at night. And then the next month, in broad daylight, the couple observed two hairy bipeds on the same hill, it was only after these reports by the Claytons were made that a startling connection was made. Days before the gravel pit incident, the Clayton's German shepherd was found dead. Not the dog. Oh, why? Why? Presumably killed by the hairy beast. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, stop blaming shit on the dog. Maybe they had a demon child. Okay. <laughs> in, it's true. It's so true. So in 2012, this is another very well-documented uh, grassman sighting in Ohio. Debbie Sherman of Geneva, Ohio, got her Sasquatch claim to fame when she was driving home early on an early Monday morning after a night of playing cards with friends when she saw something moving across a field. At first, she had no idea what it could be. Debbie said, I thought it was a dirt bike. Then I saw it was massive in size, standing on two feet, and was standing tall, really tall. Okay, Debbie, how do you go from dirt bike <laughs> to this? I I think there might have been some drinks while she was playing cards. I, you know, usually you hear a dirt bike before you see one. Especially Literally. when you're out. I mean, they're very loud. They're one of the loudest. <laughs> bipedal vehicles mm -hmm. so harley of course comes first but <laughs> yeah i mean if you're out in the woods and you you know you're you're revving and you're going through the trees and the mud i mean it's like i mean you know yeah. like what do you do what do you, why would you start there yeah i know i i <laughs> the last story is the best story but debbie obviously was having some drinks while she was playing Bunko, I don't know what what's, what's oh, a good card. Absolutely, yeah. homegirl was definitely bunkoing it up in the woods sure. with some wine. <laughs> <laughs> um, she went on to say, "I was driving west, and it was on the north side of Route 20 before North Ridge Taxidermy." 
noting before the sighting she didn't really believe in the existence of Bigfoot. I was driving and he was coming sideways from me, she said. He was big and hairy and muscular. I slowed down thinking we were going to collide and then all of the sudden he was gone. Maybe some some edibles with the wine? I don't know. I feel like not everyone is a great storyteller. No. Debbie falls under that category. <laughs> Debbie Debbie's uh you know, listen. Not to be a Debbie Downer. But be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the worst pun ever. No, well, it, okay, the, where I took this story from, obviously thought she was a bad storyteller as well, because they went on to say, Sherman holds a steady job, keeps to herself and her family, and was a little uneasy about coming forward about her Bigfoot story. Translation, Debbie works at McDonald's <laughs> and... Had a rough day at work. Like they and, said, translation as well. Exactly. You can't translate English. What are you doing? <laughs> I mean, you can for people who don't, but like in, uh, never mind. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> when she got home around 3.20 a.m. Monday, she went through, uh, she went on the internet and a local Bigfoot, found a local Bigfoot society through the organization's Facebook page. The society investigators Steve Blair and Rich Washington drove to Saybrook Township to check into Sherman's sighting. The pair made contact with the landowner where uh, Sasquatch slash uh, dirt bike was spotted and uh, received permission to look around and found some tangible evidence. Blair said they found tracks in the range of about 17 inches long and 8 inches wide. One track was in the mud, Blair said. You can see something walked through here. They also found what looked like a nesting area, he said. Here's another sighting. Uh, It occurred in March of 2011 along Interstate 90 near Geneva. A man described a Bigfoot according to Ashtabula Bigfoot Field Research organization. Sherman said one of her relatives said she encountered a Bigfoot near Whispering Willow Mobile Homes in Harpersfield Township. At the time, she was skeptical, and she said, now I'm just not sure. It was as recently as April 2021. The sightings are still coming in. A 20-year-old woman walked out of the warehouse 24-hour gym around midnight after her workout was complete. She turned to the right and headed to her car in a very well-lit parking lot. There were no other vehicles in the lot on that side of the building, and uh, the construction was built in 2018. But she was reportedly not alone on the cool, clear spring night on April 24th of this year. Did I say this year? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The woman heard a twig snap. She looked and saw a creature seven or eight feet tall and covered in gray fur, racing back into the woods about 30 yards away. It was far too large, likely several hundred pounds, and moved too too quickly to be a man. Shaken and in tears, she called her parents from a nearby restaurant, asking them to come and drive her home. Her stepfather then made a report on the Bigfoot Field Research website stating, My 20-year-old stepdaughter had a visual sighting last night in Ashland, Ohio. The date was 4-24-2021. 
It was about midnight, and she had left a 24-hour gym that has woods behind it. She saw a gray, over-seven-foot creature after hearing a twig snap. She stated it was way too large to be human, and it moved way too fast as well. She called us from the local Bob Evans parking lot in tears, asking for us to come drive her home because she was so shook up. It was a terrifying experience for her. I went and inspected the area briefly the next day. I found many old deer tracks, but no imprints of the creature she saw. I am not a hunter or a tracker, and I only spent about 10 minutes in the area. She is one person I would consider an extremely reliable witness. She's a very responsible college student that is very moral and truthful. She does not drink and take drugs like Debbie. (laughs) The follow-up investigation posted on bro.net had Matthew Moneymaker reporting this. Matthew said, I spoke with the father and later the witness herself. They're both very credible. This is not a hoax report. It happened less than a week ago from the time of this posting. Before calling the father of the witness, I had figured out the location and examined aerial photos of the surrounding landscape on Google Maps and Bing Maps. There are open fields nearby and a large swamp 100 yards or so north of the patch of woods, but also some businesses nearby, including a Motel 6, that made me somewhat doubtful at first. But this is the very edge of town, not the middle. The relative lack of contiguous tree cover in the general area compared to most siding areas also made me doubtful before I spoke with the witness and her father. I spoke with her father first. He's a pastor and a high school teacher in Mansfield. He mentioned that there were lots of deer tracks, exposed patches of ground around that parcel of woods when he went to investigate the site the day after his daughter's sighting. Deer tracks are likely still visible around there. I spoke with the daughter later in the day. She's very credible. She's a nursing student at the nearby university and works as a waitress in town. Nothing about her story seemed unusual except for the location. She was certain the gray-furred Sasquatch stood at least seven feet tall, possibly eight. Based on its height, she was certain that it was not some other type of animal nor a person in costume. The way it bolted off when it fled is what frightened her the most. Not the sight of it, but just the way it took off so fast. There were no other vehicles parked on that side of the building and no vehicles driving on the roads within view. Whichever way that deer would use to access that island of woods behind the warehouse gym is likely the same pathway the Sasquatch would have used. If deer or Sasquatch came into those woods from the north, then there's only 100 yards or so of exposed field across before reaching a large swampy area connected to the Jerome Fork of the Mohican River. So the location is more plausible for a Sasquatch than it appears at first in the aerial photos. The key element to the presence of deer that shows that there is both pathway and reason for a Sasquatch to approach the edge of the development late at night. The swampy zone directly to the north is a good area to look around right now. Matthew's been quoted as saying, recent economic development 
on the eastern edge of Ashland community has likely encroached on areas that Sasquatch would have frequented previously unseen. And I mean, this really got me. This isn't the story. This is me. It really got me thinking. So I lost my spot. So could we, being humans, be encroaching on Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Yeti, or Grassman territory at this point? Is this why sightings have been increasing? I kid you not, just this past weekend, my amazing friend and friend of the show, Marjorie, sent me a video from her cousin's fiance in Kentucky that really had me scratching my head. So when it comes from a source like that, like Marjorie wouldn't send me some bullshit video and I, and I, right. I, I don't have permission to post it, so I'm not going to say I'm going to. But legit, it was Sasquatch. So um, it kind of gives me the feels as if I didn't love our big man enough, but now I'm fucking worried about him. Yeah. You know? I mean, it kind of goes, I think we told a Bigfoot story, I mean, since we've been in the pandemic, where I think that it's the same as, like, animals coming back into canals in in Europe and and things like that. I mean, I think that when people were locked down for so long, I think there was probably more curiosity from the big feats. Where'd y'all go? Y'all okay out there? (laughs) Yeah, I feel like it's like, are we the only ones left, you know? And then now, now maybe they're not necessarily, it's like readapting to to going into hiding potentially is a thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm worried about them a little bit, but I don't know. It it just really made me think, because, you know, I mean... We are building everywhere, and you know we worry oh, yeah. about we worry about the, those of us that care. We worry about where the wildlife are going to go. But when I immediately think wildlife, I don't think big man. Right. My, I mean, I know that that's probably. I think a lot about the movie Pete's Dragon, the the remake, where it's like all the the lumber construction and all that kind of caused problems for for our pal. Uh, Elliot so it's yeah very much so like that I'm also wrapped up in the fact that is it selfish that we just can't call Bigfoot Bigfoot that ev- that everywhere has to have their own name for it I know it's ridiculous <laughs> Can it's we just, ridiculous I get like different variants of the species but if we can't even just deem that Bigfoot is real, why can't we just call them all Bigfoot until we deem them as like an actual real species? And then we can start breaking them down into different classifications like breeds and things like that. Yeah. Like I get the Yeti because I think Yeti, I think snow, white, you know. Right. Um, so I can deal with Yeti and Bigfoot. But all the other ones, a Sasquatch, I mean, that's the Native American term, correct? Yeah, Sasquatch, and there's like Yowie, which is Australian, and then you have the Green Man now, and yeah, Skunk Ape in Florida, and I, there's so many different names. I'm just like, let's just stick to the, let's just, you know, classify these two as real. Let's stick together, and then we can start. But the more that we throw out there, the harder it is, I think, to prove that a single one exists. But I, every every town has to have their own 
put their stamp on things. So. Oh, yeah. When I looked into it, I figured it was a whole other cryptid. What's a grass man? You yeah. know? Is it a is it a huge humanoid cricket? I don't even know. Yeah. I was very curious. I, I, I immediately imagined the whole ghillie suit thing. But the moment that you said that's not what... It's just yeah. their home that they live in. I'm like, okay. So Bombed Bigfoot. slightly. But yay for Bigfoot. <laughs> My wingmen for this story were... Richlandsource.com, BFRO.org. Oh, it's not bro.org. It's BFRO.org. <laughs> uh, Beaconjournal.com, cryptids with a Z.fandom.com, and dispatch.com. Yeah. I've also had problems trusting Matt Moneymaker in the past, but the fact that you said he used Google Maps and Bing, <laughs> my trust decreased infinitely. No one's using Bing.com. I don't even know if Bing.com is still a thing, but... Yeah. And for the story to happen this year, and he's still checking Bing? Damn. Like, I feel like I need to double check if Bing is even still Uh, in existence. At least try Apple Maps? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Bing is still there, but I'm like, who's using Bing.com? Mr. Moneymaker. Matt Moneymaker, apparently, still living in the past. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) this fucking guy (laughs) things are a little crazy in the world right now but you know what makes it better our fur babies of course whether you're a dog person or a cat person a fish person a bird person maybe you like turtles i mean most of those last ones don't have any fur but you know what i mean it always helps to save a little money head on over to tinyurl.com slash of chewy to save a little money on our fur babies and help support oddity files the podcast it's so easy to do just head to tinyurl.com slash of chewy do it are you a coffee addict like me We'll check out Bones Coffee Company. Coffee isn't just a drink that wakes you up in the morning. It's an experience. When you brew a pot of Bones Coffee Company coffee, they want you to have the best experience you've ever had. They only roast carefully selected beans to perfection in small batches to ensure that you get the freshest coffee delivered straight to your door. The care given to each of those small batches is evidenced through the rich, full-bodied, and exceptionally smooth taste you'll get out of every cup of Bones Coffee Company you drink. You guys, this is amazing. First and foremost, I love coffee. I love wine and I love bourbon, but I love coffee. So check it out and help out the podcast. Go to tinyurl.com slash bonescoffee. Get your coffee fix and help out your favorite podcast. We appreciate you. Are you aware I wrote a book? <laughs> of course you are, unless you're a first-time listener. I wrote a book called I'd Rather Talk to Dead People about my experiences at some of the most notoriously haunted locations in the world. Find out why Johnny G's Beat says one of my 2020 favorites or why Christina says wonderfully written and exciting. Katie says it's one of her best reads ever. Corey says it's paranormal investigating with heart. Head on over to amazon.com or barnesandnoble.com and just search I'd Rather Talk to Dead People by me, Kitsy Duncan. Fuck. 
Find out why people are calling Paranormal Crossroads a great spiritual journey or groundbreaking, heartfelt, funny. This new series is absolutely amazing. Just head to tinyurl.com slash paranormalxroad. That's the letter X. This all-female paranormal team, including myself, Kitsy Duncan, KJ, and spirit medium, Tiffany Rice. Go where no paranormal show has gone before. We head to people's homes and places of work where they're dealing with a haunting of any kind. Nine times out of ten, there's happy tears, there's laughter. This is the paranormal show you've been waiting for. We're adding new episodes monthly, and this is a show you don't want to miss. No screaming, no demons, all the love, light, peace, and positivity, and bringing family members closure. Head on over to tinyurl.com slash paranormalxroad. That's X as in the letter X. Guys, I'm going to beg you for listener stories one more time. We're getting low. You guys really came through, I and I appreciate those of you that did send in stories. But send us everything. What whatever you got, even if it's story ideas, those have been very helpful for me the last couple it. weeks. Yeah, yeah. So it's oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. Even if you've got a friend that doesn't listen to the show that told you a story when you were 12, I want to hear that story. <laughs> okay, so this listener story comes from uh, Evan, whom we all Love and adore. And I did not read it uh, because he did mention there, we may get the feels from this one. So I I wanted my true reaction to come over. The subject line is Edie learned to share. So Edie was Evan's cat that um, attacked Static Man after Evan's grandfather, who we found out was actually Static Man, came for his first visit. Edie has since passed, and Evan has a new cat. So let's let's go, shall we? Okay, he starts with, okay, I'm warning you now. This one is going to make someone cry. It's probably going to be me. Yep, it's already me. For those who don't know, after my cat Edie died last year, we're actually approaching the one-year mark in October. My sister gave me one of her cats, and his name is Louie. Viewers of Paranormal Crossroad might recall that the pet communicator I spoke with, her name is Cindy Huff, told me not to let Louie sleep in Edie's bed because she didn't want to share. Louie avoided the bed as far as I know. In fact, he seemed scared of it. He'd get as far away from it as he could when he walked past it. He'd lay next to it sometimes, but never in it. That's until a couple days ago. I came into the living room to see Louie playing in Edie's bed next to the couch. I had moved it after Edie died, but it didn't feel right anywhere but in her favorite spot. I walked into my bedroom and grabbed the cast of Edie's paw prints and out loud said that I knew she didn't like Louie in her bed, but I didn't have the heart to move him. I can't afford to live in this house much longer, and everywhere I can't afford doesn't allow pets. I asked Edie to be nice to Louie and to stay with him if I have to give him up. He's only three years old, and I'm at least his fourth owner. He needs someone to stay with him and protect him. 
I hope it's me, but if I can't keep him, I need to know he's safe. Sometime during this, Louis came into my room and stared at the ceramic cast. I showed it to him and told him I asked my other cat to protect him. I have no idea if Louis understands English, but he nuzzled and licked that little disc while purring louder than I've heard him. Goosebumps. After this conversation with Edie, I went to bed. The next morning, I woke up feeling like something was jumping on my chest. I knew the feeling. I'd felt it every morning for years. Edie wanted me to get out of bed. I complied, walking down the hallway, feeling her against my feet as I walked. Edie didn't brush against legs. She slammed her full weight into feet as they were lifted with each step. I feel like Edie and Venus would get along really well. (laughs) She was weird like that. It's how I knew it was her. When I got to the living room, I saw Louie in Edie's bed again. I thought Edie was telling me to move him, so I reached down to pick him up. About a foot away from the living, visible cat my hand pressed against, something firm and furry, I felt, ag- I felt it vibrate and heard a familiar purr. It wasn't Louie's. Louie's purr is loud and steady. Edie's purr is segmented and sounds more like the wet popping noise you hear in your head when you try to breathe with an incredibly runny nose. That is my life. It was like she never figured out how to purr, and this was her attempt to imitate other cats. When I realized I was touching Edie's ghost, I pet her a couple times real quick. I don't think I have to tell you I was crying, but I could feel her wiggle and lean into my hand. Louis started purring at this point and moved over on the cat bed, so he was only taking up half. Oh my gosh. Wow. I felt Edie walk away from me, her, ta- her tail flicking my hands as she did, Then Louis started nuzzling the air and then licked as if he was grooming another cat. I think Edie was telling me she would take care of Louis and proudly showing me he was mature enough to share her stuff with him. As I was typing this, Louis crawled into the cat bed and I felt a weight next to me on the couch as if they both were trying to tell me, see, we get along, we got this. I hope I can take Louie and all of my other housemates with me wherever I end up moving. They always know what to do when I'm stressed and worried. Evan. Wow. He, like, Evan has so many, I mean, I like that Evan said housemates. um, Because, I mean. He's got all the spirits there. (laughs) There's plenty there. But again, I think that Evan's perspective of, of these signs and these moments and things there's just such a beautiful perspective to have and and it's just it's so like you can't discredit anything that's being told because these are true moments that are helping him cope with anything that has been difficult that anything that's been yeah. hard like and losing a pet is like losing a family member if yeah. you if you have pets and you're actually an animal person 
it truly feels like you have lost a part of your family. So, mm-hmm. like, these little bits, these little moments of healing um, are just really special. And, I, and I'm happy that he's sharing them with us and sharing them I with the listeners as well. Like, that takes a lot. And I'm, it's just great. So grateful. And Evan, we're sending all the positive vibes your way that Louie ends up able to go with you and you moving on with your life and doing all the awesomeness that your grandfather told you you could do. And just check out that Paranormal Crossroad episode. It's called Static Man at ParanormalCrossroad.com. <clears throat> Fuck my life with these allergies. But yes, yeah, send in your listener story, guys, oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. Be sure to check out the Patreon page if you haven't already. It's patreon.com slash oddityfiles. Find all the stuff and things oddityfiles at flow.page slash oddityfiles. Our podcast producers, we thank you so very kindly. Donald Blanchflower, Ryan Hoke, and Doug Malden Locke. I'm fucking Kitsy Duncan. Weird is the new cool. <laughs> and I'm Nick Floyd. Ghost on. And now I'm not fucking Kitsy Duncan. Because... I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just fucking sign off. <laughs> I got nowhere to go. Thanks for listening. Head to flow.page slash oddity files for all things oddity files. Links to our merch, links to our sponsors, links to all the things oddity files. We appreciate your continued support. We appreciate you spreading the word. Please don't forget to leave a review on wherever you're listening. Again, all things oddity files at flow.page slash oddity files. Theme music provided by James Grice. Edited by me. Take care. We'll see you next time. No, you won't. You'll hear us next time. Bye.